where people will learn to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself to us. Longing and waiting and loving across time. These are the themes that we wrestle with in Advent. And our gospel today, the story that we heard from Mark's gospel, tells us that our temptation is to put ourselves to sleep, to stop paying attention, to take our eyes off what we're waiting and longing for. And yet, across time and space, the voice of Jesus comes to us, saying, stay awake, stay awake, wait, watch, prepare for his return. This belief that Jesus will return someday and will complete his mission of setting this world back in order, bringing perfect justice and perfect peace, aligning this, this world with God's will so that people were, can live as they were created to live. This is part of the very earliest Christian traditions. In the very earliest letters of Paul, which are the very first parts of the New Testament to be written, less than 20 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, you see that Paul expected Jesus to return any day and to, to vindicate the small and persecuted band of Christian believers. By the end of Paul's life, around the year 64, you can see in what he writes that Paul still believes that Jesus will return, but he doesn't know when. And by the time the Gospel of Mark was written, around the year 65, not long after Paul's death, Christians had various traditions and beliefs and slightly different memories of how exactly Jesus had promised to return and when. Mark brings those memories and traditions together in the Gospel lesson today. So in the first part of the reading, Jesus says the sun and the moon will no longer give light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The kind of prediction that, that many Christians have seized on to say the world as we know it will end and it will bring great, it will bring great death and destruction and terror. Then the second part of the reading seems to caution the Christian believers to settle in for the long haul, saying no one knows when this will happen, so everyone should stay awake and alert because the master could return at an unexpected hour. The question for all of us is, what does all this matter 2,000 years later? Do Christians really believe that Jesus will come again? And if so, what difference does that make? We do say we believe in the second coming, in the Nicene Creed every Sunday. We say that Jesus will return to judge the world. But if we're honest, we probably are mostly glad it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> because our impulse is to listen to predictions of judgment and start fearfully counting up our own sins and omissions, things that we have done and failed to do. And we hope that our salvation lies not, not in our own goodness, but in the fact that the one who is returning loves us anyway, despite our sins, has united himself with us so that we are already promised to God, already judged as God's own beloved. But Christ's second coming should mean more to us than this. 
questions as we read these prophecies of Jesus' return should not be, what's in it for us? Will we get to go to heaven? And so forth. But rather, how are these prophecies signs of hope for the world? Advent, which begins today, is the season of hope, of waiting, of expectation. We wait for Jesus to return to judge the world. And we say that that is good news. The word gospel, after all, means good news. So how is the second coming good news? Well, let's think about that. When is a judgment good news? The answer is a judgment is good news when it brings justice, when it helps correct great wrongs, when it makes the world a better place. And the core Christian belief about judgment and the second coming is not that it means that we will get to go to heaven and abandon this earth, but that Christ will return, bringing justice with him, judging the evil in this world and restoring the good so that the world may finally be at peace. And that, we believe, is a happy ending worth longing for. This world is so full of pain and injustice, so full of war and heartache, so full of oppression and poverty, that we should all be longing for Christ's return. The heartrending war that we see in Israel and Gaza, the deep suffering of the people there and in other places of war throughout the world, the divisions that we see in this country between races, between political parties, between the rich and the poor, between different ways of looking at the world and other people in it, in all their rich diversity, threaten to divide our country irredeemably. And not just our country. We see similar divisions all over the world between races and cultures, between religions and ideologies, between wealth and poverty. We see suffering and poverty and illness and loneliness and injustice. And we have to admit to ourselves that this world, the way it is right now, is not what God dreams of. We Christians who are charged with loving this world, loving our neighbors, should be yearning, longing, hoping, praying for a day of judgment, a day of God's justice. But our yearning shouldn't stop with simple hope. Our gospel today and our Christian faith say that the hope of Christ's return should be one of the central concerns of our lives. Knowing that we will stand in front of them someday should affect the way we live now, from beginning to end. Now the gospel recognizes maybe he's been away for so long that we've stopped hoping, that we don't think much about it, that we assume it might never happen. But, the, but today we hear also opposite. Because it's been so long, we should stay alert, waiting and hoping, assuming that it could happen any moment now. But does anyone who is waiting for someone to return whom they love really do that? Think about them all the time, hoping they might walk through the door any minute? Well, sure, we do that with what we love. There is one force that connects people across time and space, even across death. Immovable, unshakable, a binding force that connects people. And that force is love. 
Our scriptures agree. God is love. God loves us with an infinite passion and longing. God calls us to love and long for them the same way. God commands us to love God and love our neighbor above all things. The meaning of Jesus' life and death and resurrection was love. The meaning of our Christian faith is love. The kind of love that we're called to give to our neighbors. The kind of love that makes us yearn to see our Savior. The kind of love our Savior had for us, which brought him into this world once and will bring him to us again. We Christians are called to take inspiration from Jesus, making his mission our mission, working for justice and peace, correcting injustice where we find it, helping those who are poor and hungry and oppressed and afraid to find a new hope. We're called to do these things out of love. The love that Jesus had for us and the love that we have for him. So what are you longing for this Advent season? I believe that what we are truly longing for is Christ, the perfect gift of love. And our calling as followers of Christ is not only to seek the Christ who came long ago, not only to wait for the Christ who will come again, but also to look for how Christ is entering into the everyday events of this world right now. To look for how Christ's kingdom is even now breaking into this world and to join Christ in that work. Love God, love our neighbors, give the gift of ourselves to others, take joy in their gift of themselves to us, and do the things that we promise to do in our baptismal covenant, which we'll renew with our confirmants in a few minutes. Things that can all be summed up with. Live a life dedicated to love for God, love for neighbors, and love for this world. Because Christ has come, Christ is coming. And Christ will come again. Amen. And thanks be to God.